You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Proverbs chapter 20 is where we're going to be, and we're just going to read one verse here in uh, verse number four. I read this uh, not many days ago while I was reading my proverb of the day. And I hope that you do that every single day along with your daily devotions. It's definitely something wonderful to do and an easy way to keep God's Word fresh on your mind. And uh, Proverbs is a book of wisdom, and we definitely need some wisdom right now. So Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 4 says, The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore shall he beg in harvest and have nothing. So I'm preaching tonight on working in the cold. Would you take this time to pray with me? Pray as a family, uh, pray as a church, that we would again be able to meet very soon, that this virus would stop spreading, and most importantly, that the Holy Spirit would speak to us tonight. Father, we need you, and I ask that you would help me to have clarity of thought uh, and to be able to relay the message that you gave to me in my study. You know how much I, I miss your people and my heart is burdened without being able to see them, but I thank you for the opportunity that we have to live stream. I thank you for their faithfulness. Please bless them and protect them and help them to stay strong during this time. Help me to be uh, the man that I need to be, the man that they deserve. Help us, Lord, as we try to do our best to continue going forward with the gospel, to find a good balance, uh, to be real in this city and in this country, that needs so much for uh, real Christians to step up and show them who you are. Give us strength and power in order to do that, and we ask this in your name. Amen. I've told this before, even though it's something that uh, isn't the most glamorous part of my life, but when I worked in high school, I was working at Designer Shoe Warehouse, and um, see, there's six people here, and they're all laughing. So designer shoe warehouse and again I just told people I worked at a warehouse it sounded a lot more manly but uh, sometimes I was working out on the floor and I was dealing with uh, the shoes and making sure that the aisles were all straightened and uh, cleaning up the the bomb that would go off hourly in clearance you had to take care of that but the majority of the time I was up at the cash registers and I think the main reason that my managers always put me on at the cash lanes was because I was very good at signing people up for the rewards program that, uh, that DSW had, and they still have it today, and I, I have the whole speech in my mind. Uh, but every transaction that you did as a, cash, uh, as a cashier, it would take your percentages. So if you had 10 transactions and only eight of those people had signed up, and uh, so you had an 80% uh, transaction percentage that day, and if you had lower than 80%, the managers really weren't happy, and usually I could keep my percentage very high. The reason I was so good at being able to sign people up for these, uh, these coupons, this rewards program, is because I would do my best to remove the obstacles that would discourage people 
from signing up for those rewards programs. So whenever, you, and you know how it is, whenever you're uh, going to check out and somebody says, do you have a rewards program with us? Or do you have a such and such membership card with us? Immediately, you have all of these things in your mind that pop up that make you say, no, I don't wanna sign up for that. I don't want anything to do with that. So what I tried to do is remove those obstacles from people. A lot of them were thinking it was a credit card. So I would tell them it wasn't a credit card. Um, people don't want to give too much information, so I told them we only needed a name and an email. Uh, people wanted to know how long it took, so I told them I could fill it out in about 30 seconds. And I would just do all these different things. But the main thing that people wanted to know is, are the benefits of this rewards program worth the trouble that I have to go through right now in order to sign up for it? Later, I became a door-to-door -door salesman at True Green Lawn Care. Every now and then you see a True Green truck driving by. And as you can imagine, there are a lot of obstacles that come with trying to sell somebody lawn care in February in Chicago with snow on the ground. Um, you had to overcome those obstacles. The best salesmen were the ones who could convince people that these obstacles that you are facing are worth overcoming to purchase my product. What were some of those obstacles? Well, how about dealing with a door-to-door -door salesman? That's an obstacle right there. How about the price? People wanted to know the price. People wanted to know the process. There was an awful part of the process selling lawn care with True Green. It was a verification call. You could not close the sale there at the door. You had to walk away. You had to tell them, you are going to receive a call in five minutes from my office. This is the number, so if you don't recognize it, please don't ignore it. Answer it, and there's a five minute long verification call. And if you go through all of that, then you can sign up for the service. So as, if you can think, many people said, no, I'm not gonna do that. And even if you spent 30 minutes, an hour, trying to sell these people, when it came down to that obstacle, they did not wanna overcome that one. They didn't have the time to get a call from some random number. So then I start working in telephone banking, and then I work in personal banking, and then I became a youth pastor. And now being a pastor, what I began to learn at DSW I am still learning very much today. People, myself included, we do not like obstacles. Obstacles complicate things. It's amazing to see how people would much rather avoid obstacles and hope for the best result rather than just dealing with the obstacles, facing the obstacles, when they know if we just overcome those obstacles, they will lead to the best result. People would rather just, no, no, I'll just kind of leave them alone and, and, hope that, and hope for the best. So I want to remind us tonight that nothing worth doing can be done without obstacles. And it wouldn't be worth doing unless overcoming those obstacles wasn't worth it. It, it wouldn't be worth doing uh, if the benefits didn't outweigh the obstacles, is what I'm trying to say. Why am I saying that? Well, we're facing some obstacles right now. Uh, we're going through a lot of things that we did not foresee. So we can either allow those obstacles to slow us down or even stop us and just wait for this whole thing to pass, or we can face them and we can work through them with Jesus' help. Now, either way, this is going to pass. 
Whether we work through it or whether we stop because of it, it is going to pass. But to stop and wait would be losing time. To work through it is what the Bible calls redeeming the time. So God uses this illustration of farming in, in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4. And uh, I want to bring it out today. And just notice with me, first of all, number one, if you're taking notes, there will be times of harvest. That is part of life. These are wonderful times. These are times when all seems to be going well. Uh, thinking of harvest in a practical sense. These are times of reaping what we have sown. There's still a lot of work to be done in harvest, but our work is being instantly rewarded by the fruit that we are picking. These are the times when people come up to you and they say, hey, how are you doing today? And we answer, well, I'm busy, but it's a good busy. Have you ever said that to somebody before? Uh, we see many souls saved. Just thinking as a church, we see many souls saved in harvest time. We see people baptized and joining the church in harvest time. We see goals being reached. We have faith to set bigger goals in harvest time. And I'll stop here to say this. I hope we always remember, whenever we do experience a harvest time, give God the glory. He is the only one who is worthy of the glory in that case. Don't take pride in the fruits of our labor. Take joy in the fact that God would use Somebody as insignificant as you and I, what did the allegories just sing? Little as much when God is in it, only when God is in it. But when God is in it, he can use little old me. He can use little old us here at Heritage Baptist Church. So don't take pride in what we have done. Take joy in the fact that God can use us. Take joy in the fact that we have the privilege of working for God during times of harvest. He's the only one who could bring times of harvest from such unworthy laborers. Now he's also the one, just like he sends times of harvest, he's also the one who, allow, who allows times of cold. And just as, so point number one, there will be times of harvest. Well, point number two, there's going to be times of cold. Church, remember with me, these times of cold are not to be ignored. They're not to be pushed to the side and just treated like, oh, it's just another virus. God is very active with his people. God is active in his world. And whenever I read my Bible and I see a cold time come, and we're going to talk about what does it mean when, when I use the metaphor, uh, a cold time. Well, it's talking about times when I believe God is bringing punishment. And we cannot deny the fact that God has a lot of things to punish our country for right now. That God has a lot of reasons to punish this world for right now. When, when babies are being murdered, when, when we are lifting up government and putting down God, when we're taking them out of our schools, when we're taking them out of our family, when we're laughing at things that we should be avoiding, God has a lot of reasons to send a cold time. I think of Haggai. And what were those people doing? Well, they were doing everything that they were supposed to do as far as their sowing and reaping was concerned. Go ahead and read Haggai. But what they had, they had their priorities wrong. They were worried about building their own houses rather than focusing on what God wanted them to do. So what God said is, I want you to notice, I want you to consider your ways. I want you to notice what is happening. You're sowing much, but you're bringing in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You clothe you, but there is none warm. You drink, and you are not satisfied with drink. Why, he asks. 
because of my house that is not built. So we cannot be surprised that this is happening. And I think it would be a grave mistake to just look at this as some unfortunate circumstance and not see the hand of God in this. He allows times of cold. And we have seen how quickly God can get the attention of the world if he wants to. This world was running 90 to nothing. And much of that was done without a care for the Lord. And he, in, in an instant, with a microscopic virus, has brought this entire world to a screeching halt. There will be times of cold. And it's up, for, it's up to us as Christians to show people, this is God. Turn to God during this time. Don't turn to the government during this time. Turn to the Lord this time. Learn our lesson during this time. Cold times are harder times. These are times when much seems to be going on a downward trend. These are somewhat barren times. And yet, work still needs to be done. While work and harvest is instantly rewarded with fruit, work in the cold is a different story. Working in harvest is filled with dividends. Working in cold is filled with difficulties. Working in harvest can be fun. Working in cold can be frustrating. Paul talks, talks of these times. He tells Timothy, you need to be instant in season, but you also need to be instant out of season. There's going to be harvest time. There's going to be cold time. Job tells us there are times when God gives. There are times when God takes away. And by the way, that is his prerogative. That is his ability to do that. That is in his authority. That is well within his authority to do that. Blessed be the name of the Lord either way. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 2. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. All of these instances point out the same truth. Both cold and harvest are a part of life. In this life, there will be times of harvest. In this life, there will be times of cold. And this leads me to point three, really the main point of my message and the main message of this verse. What we do in the cold determines what will happen in the harvest. What we do right now in the cold will determine what will happen in times of harvest. The time to prepare for the harvest is not during the harvest. It's too late by then. If we want to have a good harvest, we must work for it during the cold times. The times when there are the most difficulties. The times when we have the most reasons to stop. The times when our work isn't as rewarding. The times when everywhere we turn, there seem to be more obstacles. That's when we have a choice to make. And we can either choose to stop or we can choose to keep working. And that's something to remember. Either, either one, we have to work. But work in harvest looks a little different than work in the cold. So during the harvest time, we're working at receiving. Well, during the cold times, we have to work at asking. During the harvest times, we're, we see God work. We just have to open our eyes and watch God work, and it's a wonderful thing. Well, during times of cold, you have to open your eyes and trust 
that God is working. Even though you may not see his hand, he is still working. During harvest times, we have to be a good steward of the blessings. We, we're not like the, let's learn the lesson of the prodigal son, where he, where he comes into a large amount of wealth and what does he do? He goes and he wastes it all. And then the time comes where there's cold. The Bible says there is a famine that comes in the land and he wasn't ready for that. So during harvest time, we don't just go off and do whatever we want. No, we're a good steward of the people that God brings to our door, the souls that he, he brings across our path. We must be good stewards of those blessings. Well, during the cold times, when there aren't so many blessings, and please don't get me wrong, God is still good and God still blesses. But during the cold times, what we have to be a steward of sometimes more so than the blessings, is the promises of his word. And don't forget those promises in his word just because it's a little cold out. When we're working during the harvest time, we're praising on the mountain. When we're working in the cold, we're praising in the valley. And what I'm saying is we can spend our entire cold season and, and apply it to this time right now. We can spend this entire time saying, I wish we were meeting together. Well, so do I. And I wish we were uh, fellowshipping together. I wish we were singing together. I wish it was harvest time again, but it's not. And what I'm saying is there are many cold seasons that have been wasted in wishing that it could be harvest time instead. But cold is just as much a part of life as the harvest. And what we do right now determines what will happen in the harvest. As much as we may not like the cold times, we have to admit, we have to understand, without the cold times, there can be no harvest. If we ever wish to reap what we have sown, there has to be a time to sow. And whether we like the cold or not, the truth is that the best time to sow seed is during the cold and wet months. We don't like what's happening right now. We don't like not meeting together. We don't like being told to stay home. We don't like the spiritual obstacles that we are facing right now as a church and as a Christian. But we know this to be true. It is during times like these that the seeds of the gospel sink down the deepest. It is right now that the family, the family member who never listened to us before, Maybe they just might be ready to listen right now. Now is the time when those coworkers who've never noticed or said anything about your spirit before may just start noticing there's something different about you. What is, what is different about you? Now is the time when this entire country, and again, we talked about it, that has been brought to a screeching halt. Now is the time that many who had no time for the Lord on Sunday, suddenly all they have is time. They have nothing but time. And if we don't sow the seeds that lead them to the Lord, I promise you, the world is going to be happy to sow seeds of depression, hate, immorality, and confusion. And that is truly what I'm most afraid of right now. My, I, I wish you were here. I wish I could see your faces right now, but please hear me. I know that you love the Lord, and I know that you love this church. I beg of you, please, don't let the cold discourage you. We're facing obstacles right now, but the cold will not last forever. 
Harvest time is coming. And I know we're looking forward to that time when we can meet together again. I'm looking forward to this place being filled again. I'm looking forward to hearing you sing again. I want to hear the junior church kids screaming down the hall again. I want to see people fellowshipping again. But much of what will happen then is determined by what we choose to do now. Stay close to God. Dig deeper in your Bible. Spend more time in prayer. Seek every opportunity to witness. The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. What is he going to beg for? I think he's going to beg for fruit that other people have worked for. And he's not going to get it. He'll beg for his field to produce but it's not going to because he chose to let the cold stop him. I think he'll beg for another chance to work in the cold. I think he'll say it would have been worth it to overcome those, those obstacles if I just would have had rewards here in harvest time. Remember, no reward in harvest has ever come without working in the cold. Our conduct now as a church, our conduct right now as a family, as an employer, as an employee, as a husband, as a wife, will determine our conditions later. If we choose to let the obstacles stop us, if we choose to take the easy way now, we will learn the hard way later that a season let slip is a season gone forever. I believe we can see a great harvest come from what is happening right now. It's going to take some work in the cold. There are some obstacles that are going to need to be overcome, but I promise you, the obstacles that come with the cold are worth overcoming. Keep reading your Bible in the cold. Keep praying in the cold. And what, what am I saying by that? Well, we used to have a schedule. Let's just think of this practically. We used to get up early in the morning and go to work. Well, now we're laid off from work. And so we're not, we don't have to wake up in the morning. I'm afraid instead of getting up early in the morning and reading our Bible and spending time in prayer, we're not doing that anymore. Or maybe we used to have our devotions on lunch break. Well, lunch break isn't here now. Or on lunch break, you're so busy and you're torn every which way, that falls to the side. But it's right now what we do that is going to bring those benefits later. Keep fellowshipping in the cold. It's easy right now just to get depressed and turn inward and just honestly sit on our couch and watch Netflix and Disney Plus and whatever we want to do. And I understand that, that there's, there's time for that and I, I get all of that. But that's not what is most important. Keep witnessing in the cold. Keep faithful in the cold. It's easy right now to say, I don't have to be at church during church time. I don't have to watch the live stream during church time. I can watch it anytime I want. I can watch it in my pajamas in, 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 the, in my bed. I don't have to get out and watch as a family. But I'm begging you, keep working in the cold. Keep your testimony in the cold. I talked about this earlier another time. People right now are going to be losing a lot of things. They're going to be losing their mind. They're going to be losing their patience. They're going to be losing their testimony. They're going to be losing all of those things. Keep ours. Keep our testimony. Keep our spirit. Keep our smile. Keep the song in your heart. Just because it's a little cold outside doesn't mean that God is not still on the throne. What we do in the cold determines what will happen in harvest. And it would be a tragedy to let this season of sowing slip by. 
to become sluggish with the seeds of righteousness just because there are some obstacles right now. Yes, there are. But the rewards at harvest will make every minute spent working in the cold worth it and then some. Can I remind you, over 2,000 years ago, a great harvest of souls began when Jesus rose again from the grave. But that harvest couldn't have happened if he wasn't willing to work in the cold. It must have been cold when his own people rejected him. And yet he said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. It must have been cold when he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood in the garden of Gethsemane. And yet he said, Father, not my will, but thine be done. It must have been cold when he was beaten and mocked, when, his, when the nails were driven into his hands and feet, when he was raised from the earth on that cross, naked and bloody for hours and hours as people blaspheme him, knowing that at any time he could have called 12 legions of angels and all of those obstacles, if you will, would have been done away with. Yet he didn't. It must have been cold when he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And yet he stayed on that cross until it was finished. It must have been cold in that borrowed tomb, but he arose in power and glory over the grave, and he was given a name which is above every name. And the harvest that is still being reaped today is from the seeds that Jesus planted in the cold. I know that you're glad that Jesus worked in the cold. Don't forget, he's our great example. So I encourage you, when things get cold, don't look at that. Don't focus on that. Focus on him. I understand that church and fellowship and being here and singing was a major part of that. But I hope that you don't miss church more than you miss the Lord. I hope that you don't look to church more than you look to the one who died for the church and purchased the church with his blood. Your fellowship right now needs to come from the Lord. Your, your, uh, wor your worth right now needs to come from the Lord. Your strength right now needs to come from the Lord. Harvest time will come where it can come from fellowship and it can come from singing and all of that. But right now, it needs to come from the Lord. It can come from the Lord. It will more than come from the Lord if you turn to him. The Bible says, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. We don't choose what race we run. We don't choose what leg of the race is harvest time and which one is in the cold. We don't choose that. Either way, we just need to keep running. We need to keep running with patience the race that has been set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured. He saw the harvest that was coming, and for the joy of that harvest, he endured the cold. He endured the cross. He despised the shame and is now set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And the Bible says, consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Cold times don't happen because God has forsaken us. Cold times don't happen because God doesn't want to give increase anymore. Cold times happen because he wants to see if his people love him and trust him enough to work even in the cold. And when we work in the cold, he always rewards in the harvest. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. 
For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.